Okay. Today I'm super excited to introduce to you a world champion boxer, Billy Schwer. This is Invest in You episode 116. You can see the IBO belt there. Lovely. That's just like that's just weird. That's pretty insane. Even was super excited to to have a world champion on on the show. I'll give the word back to you, Ivan. Yeah. Okay. Today's number is 23. 23 years of boxing experience, unboxed, and we will dive into ups and downs of boxing, a metaphor for life. Our guest is the former British Commonwealth. European and world champion. Today he is leading inspirational and motiva- he is a leading inspirational and motivational speaker, author and personal coach. Yes, and his book is called Man Up, a uh, world champion way. So welcome to the show Billy. Hi there. Thank you guys. It's great to be here with you all. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I love your energy. I hope you brought your A game. And have you got your gum shield? You better put uh, it in. Not in the right room. We might catch in the break. So uh, we, we all got our guards up, boys. Guards yeah. up. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Let's get ready to rumble. Yeah, perfect. All right. So uh, what brings us here today really is to try to find out how does it work in boxing, in life. We have got a couple of years on uh, our shoulders, both uh, me and Billy, Ivan and Sholi, a few less. We will, during this podcast, have 12 rounds and we would like to see if Billy and you, the great audience, last until the very end. Uh, may the fight begin. So, first question for you there. Why did you get into boxing in the first place? Well, that's a great question. And I find it a fascinating one because I like to, I like to pose that question to people when they're looking at themselves and their lives. Cause I ask the same thing. Why do you do what you do? Yes. How did you end up the way you ended up? What, how come you've got the body you've got, the life you've got, the money you've got, everything. Why is that? It fascinates me. What about that? So I'll share with you the reason why I become a boxer. Billy the Boxer got creative when he was five years of age. He was in his mum and dad's front room with my two older sisters, Mandy and Lisa. Lisa was eight and Mandy was 11. And we were rolling around the floor and they're beating me up again. (laughs) What they used to do, kids being kids. They were bigger than me. They were stronger than me. What they used to do is pin me to the floor. So two against one. One sit in my chest, one pinned my arms back to the floor. And I was kicking and screaming and fighting. I just couldn't fight them off. Yeah. I used to I used to get so upset. I used to hyperventilate and turn blue. I thought I was gonna die. I couldn't breathe. I was like, right. oh. and what they used to do, they both had beautiful long blonde hair. And as I'm pinned to the floor, they used to wave their hair in my face. <laughs> <laughs> how how, how much older were they? There was, I was five, Lisa was eight, and Mandy was 11. All right, so they, they were 19 years on against five. So, so <laughs> and I'm kicking and screaming and fighting. It's in that moment I made the decision. I decided that no one was ever going to beat me, dominate me, hurt me, you're going to top of me ever again, especially women. So then, <laughs> in, that, in that same moment, I, but I love my sisters, right? Kids yes, being kids. kids. Right. And it was in that moment I made an unconscious decision that I was weak because I couldn't fight my sisters off. As a five-year-old, I decided I was weak. 
Yeah. So that decision I made went into my future. So I had to find a way to prove, cover up and survive being weak. Yeah. That was why I become a boxer. Then here, so then here's another thing. When I was 11 years of age, my third amateur boxing fight, I was boxing in a big, this is 40 years ago. Yeah. I was boxing in a big black tie boxing dinner event, a gentleman's evening. All the gentlemen there were in their bow ties, smoking cigars. It was one of those events. And I boxed for three rounds and I lost on points. And I remember yeah. being in the ring absolutely devastated. Devastated. I was yeah. in floods of tears. My dad was my coach. He was trying to console me, but I was devastated. I made another decision unconsciously that I wasn't <laughs> good enough. Yeah. All so right. At 11, at 11 years of age, I've unconsciously, I'm weak and I'm not good enough. So my driver, the reason why I become a world-class athlete, where I was moving away from trying to prove, cover yeah. up and hide yeah. and survive that I wasn't good enough. Yeah. So much so, I'd walk into the ring as a professional boxer, prepared to die, kill or be killed, to prove that I was good enough. That's, that's how. That, you, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's actually very interesting because there are like two fighting mindsets, and one's like you love to win, and one's yeah. you, is like you truly, deeply hate to lose. And yes. that, that people have become world champions of both. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's that's interesting that it's actually the negativity that brought you into doing something. Yeah, and it's and it's it's, it's a really it's good to it's good to observe that and because yep. not many people are are aware of that or have the mindfulness. The only reason I've discovered that is because I've I didn't know that at the time. So it's only years later that I've the work that I now do is First and foremost, I had to really discover who Billy was. Yes. Because Billy the Boxer got creative from when I was five, when I was 11. Those things that happened shaped Billy to become Billy the Boxer. Yeah. So then when I retired from being a professional boxer, I didn't know who Billy was. Because my training and my conditioning from a very young age, I started boxing when I was eight. Had my first contest when I was 11. So, But my training and my conditioning is to fight, defend, resist, confront, and attack. Yep, yep. That's who Billy the Boxer is. Yeah, and, and what? As Bill, yeah, sorry. And as Billy is saying that, he is showing with his whole body, forceful punches against the camera, that he, is, he means and he lives what he's saying right now there. And, and I would like to dive, dive into the, the second round. Okay. Round two. Round two. We need a bell. We need a bell. <laughs> okay, back up off the stool then. Um, yes. Let's go back to the beginning. You say 23 years in boxing. Like, when did you start boxing? And uh, was that your own idea? Yeah, so you partly answered that, but uh, yeah. diving deeper. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I started boxing when I was eight. So my dad was a boxer. So at home okay. in the loft was his old boxing boots, black and white boxing pictures. And it wasn't really talked about, but the story, the legend goes that I asked my dad to take me down the gym when I was eight. Okay. And that's how it all begun. Yeah. Any follow-up questions to that? How, how it cool. got started? What, what was it like? Do you have any memories of when you first came to the boxing gym, what it felt like or what you did? It was... It was an expression for me because I didn't go on very well at school. I'm dyslexic. I kind of struggled and I, I found something to excel at. 
And boxing was the vehicle for me to be something unique and different. Now, when I started at eight years of age, I, I got bullied at school also. So it was a moving away from that. And I wanted to try and look at being able to defend myself. And it was, um, it's tough. It was tough getting punched in the face when you're 10, 11 years of age. It takes courage to step into the ring and try yourself out. It, it really, really takes something. So I, I admire anybody who finds the courage to have a go, have a go and step into the ring. Yeah. That yeah. was my, that was my experience. And I had to overcome that fear all the time. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, take you back to my school years. I was lucky. I never really got into any kind of fights until I had to defend my younger brother against the oldest ones in the school. That's where I stepped up. Uh, for a street brawl, so to speak. Otherwise, I've never fortunate. After that, a few through through my career with special forces, obviously. But uh, this is not about me. Uh, let's jump into round number three, Charlie. Yeah. So, how does it feel to raise the world champion belt? It was relief because I won that the world championship belt on my fourth attempt. All right. So it was a long and arduous journey. I won the British, the Commonwealth, the European, failed three times. And eventually I achieved my dream and I lifted the world title belt up on my fourth attempt. So it, it was a mix of emotions. It was relief. It was joy. It was excitement. It was just in, so enthused for us all because it wasn't only me who was, I was the one in the ring fighting, but there was my family, there was my supporters, there was so many people involved on the journey for me to get to the top. And yep. so it's just an acknowledgement and just satisfaction to be able to, to have done it for myself and everyone who was involved with me throughout, for over the years, because it, it was a long career. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll jump into the to Sholin Ivan's uh, fighting experience as well. So, Sholin, you have a couple of goals from from competitions. Mm -hmm. How does it feel like to really win any kind of competition and challenge? Well, I can strongly to re relate to what you said. It is it's just euphoric and amazing, and uh, yeah, it's amazing to like think of how much your coaches have helped you and taking on the journey and it's amazing to win basically yeah and, uh, and on it's the other side yeah. achievement it's just, yeah real sense of achievement good for yeah. you yeah. And, and also achievement and frustration at the same time is on, on my on my other side here Ivan has been so prepared for the Swedish championship last year in Taekwondo that is Taekwondo so, so that is a, a like kicking sport yes yeah. yeah so Ivan has a number of silvers yeah. What's I the frustration have, or happiness? I think <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I think I have like four silvers and three bronzes. And it's incredibly annoying because I've basically placed in every competition I've ever been at. Yeah. Pretty much. I think I've failed two. Yeah. So winning so many fights in the same uh, competition and then just losing on whatever thing in, in the final. So yeah, yeah, I can, I can really feel for you standing on the stand and, uh, and I can't wait for the next Swedish Championship after the COVID. So, yeah, so I'm can... ready. We're really training for that right now. You're training really so, hard for it. So it's just to acknowledge that because yes. what you're doing so far is extraordinary. Yeah. And to persist 
and just consistently pursue winning, that's an achievement in and of itself. So eventually, because of because of who you are, you will tip over. You'll tip, reach the tipping point. Then you'll then you'll get your then you'll get what you want. You'll be the success that you want. And then, but yeah. it's the journey. It's the the real learning is in the journey. Yeah, really well put. And I can just completely agree with that. So the, the compounding small every single yeah. day action to push, 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 push for every day. Uh, I think when a tipping point comes, I think that there will be a series of goals should it should yeah. to continue to carry on. I think so. The dog's yeah. trying to <laughs> dig his way into the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But right. I mean, yeah, I was going to say Perfect. Something. All right, Charlie. Number yeah, next question. Round four. So uh, you talked about how it was amazing to hold up the belt. Um, what was, that was probably like, I'm guessing it must have been one of the best moments in your life. But what, it, what has like, if we talk about uh, the worst stuff, what has been like the lowest point you've been at and stuff like that? Well, low points were when I, when I lost the world title yeah. and I was in the back of the ambulance on the way to hospital. That was a low moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I, so it was in the moment, in that moment, in the back of the ambulance, that I, I decided to retire from professional boxing because I'd, I'd had two trips to hospital, and I kind of I love my life, but I had a friend of mine killed in the ring. I know guys that have been brain damaged. So boxing is a beautiful, brutal business, and it's the noble art, it's the sweet science, but it's dangerous as a professional. Yes, and is. I. And so I, I, in that moment, that was that was a low point because I kind of lost my identity. I was Billy the boxer. Then, then it was like, who is Billy? And that was a, that was the real. I found the transition from being a professional athlete to life in this so-called real world a very difficult one because I, I went for a crisis. Yeah. yeah. And that, so that was the challenge to really delve into myself. And I struggled. That, that was the lowest point. The first two years of my retirement were the worst two years of my life. I went through depression. I, I went through a divorce. I ended up going bankrupt. I lost everything. I had a, I kind of hit, I hit rock bottom. Yeah. I crashed, had a mental breakdown and our mental health wasn't really openly discussed. This is 20 years ago. True. It wasn't really openly talked about. And I was, I was a bit ashamed and I was embarrassed and I've, I just wanted to fight my way through it, but I've kind of failed miserably. And it wasn't until I hit the bottom that I realized I need to change. And that, that took the, that's the biggest battle that I've had is to really make that decision at that time and then change. And I really had to go to work on myself. And it wasn't, it was a journey to really dismantle Billy the boxer because I was conditioned to be a certain way, but that didn't work for Billy. Billy the Boxer didn't serve Billy in life, but I didn't know how to be anything else but Billy the Boxer. Yeah, I like, yeah, I like to echo that because uh, I have so many friends who left the, left the armed forces. So one, one day you're very much yeah. you're almost above the law. You're out there in an operation. You do really good things for, for, for a greater cause. You get medals, yeah. praise. You're catered for. Uh, even they do your laundry and you're just out there doing the very toughest you can. And then the next yeah. day, someone might find themselves on the street and no matter the rank or the experience that the people face really big hardship by those transitions, by changes in life that is inflicted to all of us for sure. 
All right, Ivan, are you prepared for round number five? Okay, so uh, the question here says training tips. And what I'm really interested in, interested in is that as a boxer, you have training camps, right? Yep. You have a specific training period of like five or 12 weeks or something like that where you have to train for the fight. So my question is really, what would Billy the boxer do in his training camp? Well, you live, breathe and sleep training. To, you, you've got the end in mind, so the, which is the date, a specific date set in mind. So you're moving towards that. So you have to be... Every, so you'd work it out with your trainer and then your trainer would guide you so you could arrive on fight night in the best possible shape you could be in because you're making the weight, you're dieting, nutrition's a major part. You have to rest, recuperation, rejuvenation. That's, that's very, very important. So it's just getting that right and getting the amount, the certain amount around sparring. And you have to be careful because you're going to get injured because you're putting yourself under so much stress so much physical stress and it's so mentally stressful and dealing with all of that at the same time. And it's, it's a, it's a journey to get to the fight night in one piece as best you can. Cause <laughs> yes. you pick up, you pick up injuries and stuff along the way and you, you just give, you give yourself, you sacrifice everything in order to win that fight or get to that fight in the best shape you can be in. And then the day the day arrives, and then that's a that's a whole new story about managing that side of it as well. Yeah, we, we looked on your uh, track record, which is fantastic, with thirty knockouts. Just to, to to mention one of the achievements. How hard is it to time so many fight nights in a, a year, for example? It must be so hard for you. What was the question? Uh, the question is really, how hard is it to try to time so many fight nights in a year, which seems like almost like in, in a human? Yeah, you get, that's training. Like special <laughs> forces, you, you have certain, certain strategies, structures, and it's training, which allows you to fulfill on that. And sure. you can, so it's just, it's just structuring your life, providing your body is in a good place because it gets injured, you have to, be mindful of that and you're, you're looking after you're making the weight and that stuff. And you just got to just, it's like kind of repeat and repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, rest. You need a rest and repeat it. And it's, and that's what you give yourself to. That's what you commit to. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's it like your mi mindset to, to repeat that cycle so many times successfully? What, what do you say to yourself? It's tough. It's, it's a tough existence. Yes. Professional boxing is a tough existence. Yeah. But that's what you've decided to do. You've chosen to be a professional boxer. So you have to kind of manage yourself and get on with it. And it is what it is. So you can't really, there's no, there's no complaining. There's no hiding. You can't run from it. You have to face it. You kind of have to step up. You have to rise up and put yourself on the front line, sparring, training, giving your all every day. It's, a, it's a very demanding. Who will say by the bell? I'm on the next team on the training. <laughs> well, um, before I ask a question, I just want to, like, oh, sorry, I just want to <laughs> remind or, or tell the audience that what you were saying, like, there's so much that goes into a training camp and there is so much stuff that can go wrong. And there's, like, conflicting each other yeah. as well. Yeah, so it's like you have to come in at very low body weight <laughs> while being very strong, 
and peaked conditioning wise without getting sick and you can't hurt your hands and you can't get concussed in training and you can't get, you know, foot or knee issues from your running. I'm assuming you did a lot of running. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's almost, it's probably one of the hardest jobs that anyone could ever do. <laughs> so I'm, <Good> point. <laughs> I'm, I think it's so cool that you managed to reach that peak so many times. But I, I also imagine that you went through a lot of fights where you weren't a hundred percent because yes. I, I think how many fights do you have on your record? As a professional 45. Yeah. So 45 and then amateur stuff as well. Yeah. Nearly a hundred amateur fights. Yeah. So, I mean, what's it like to go through a training phase where it's not going to plan? Oh, good question. I'll tell you a story. I, I challenged for the WBC title at Wembley Arena. I was ranked number one in the world, fighting the very best, a guy called Stevie Johnson. And the training camp for that had, hadn't gone well. So I'd, so we, I'd arrived, in hindsight, I should have pulled out of the fight. But, but I wouldn't do that because me, that's just who I am. So I, I, the training camp didn't go very well. And I'm standing there waiting to walk into the arena. And I'm saying to myself, this is going to be a nightmare. This is good. Cause I'm fighting the best in the world. Yep, yep. And I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be a nightmare. But then you go out, you I went 12 rounds. I lost on points and you just, that's who, that's who shows up. Your true test of character has to show up even in the face of not feeling like it. You have to go training. Well, you don't really feel like it. Maybe you want to have a day off. You have to go beyond yourself. You have to find something within to which carries you forward. And even in the tough times, and if you're in a championship fight, you're in rounds eight, nine, 10, and it's a real battle. You've got to go somewhere within to continue. <laughs> Yeah. You, you can't hide anywhere. You can't, you can't, you can run, but you can't hide. You, you, there's nowhere to go. And you have to summon something up. And it's such a test of your own strength and willingness to go in the face of suffering, pain, and defeat to continue on and fight for your life and fight for victory. That really it's a unique something within that allows you to continue. In those late rounds, in the championship, going the championship distance, that's tough. It's tough. But it all, what allows you to do that is what you're experiencing now, those defeats, those upsets, they're not quite getting there. That right now, that's what's standing you in good stead. If you were to decide later, just say, for example, to become a professional boxer, all that, all that failing, all that suffering, all the pain that you're enduring now is training for later. So when it, when when it's called upon, you've got you've been there, you've been there to a certain degree, you've been to the depths, and then when it's when when it you, when you're asked to go there again, you've kind of got an experience of it to a degree, which allows you to carry on. Because if you haven't got those experiences, you'll be out, you'll be out of there. But that, and also what you got to remember to become a champion, it, you don't just go from having a three round fight to a twelve round championship fight. So. It's an experiential learning development thing, which you have to, as a professional athlete, as a professional boxer, you have to, you gradually move up 
to get to be able to go 12 three-minute rounds. That's, that's <laughs> unique and difficult in itself. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, again, for people who've never, like, fought or anything, run, one run. that is just completely insane. Like, boxing, boxing conditioning is, like, off the charts. Because I watch MMA, and yep. a world championship MMA fight, which is 10 minutes longer than a regular one, at least in the UFC, it's five five-minute rounds. So going 25 minutes, and I think 12 rounds of boxing, <laughs> what would that be, 36 minutes? Yeah. Yeah, and then also consider Jeez. that, <laughs> consider that. I mean, it's boxing, so you're in the same like modality all the time. You can't just switch to grappling or something, so you're just always, like, boxing is probably yeah. one of the toughest mental sports you could do. Here's the thing about boxing. Here's the thing, right? So you play football, you play rugby, you play golf, you don't play boxing. <laughs> yeah. As a professional, here's the hardship of boxing, professional boxing, not amateur boxing. The reality of it is as a professional boxer, you go into the ring. I'm only talking about myself. Of course. I would go into the ring to cause bodily damage. Yeah. That's how brutal it is. It's very barbaric. I, I appreciate you sharing that because that's exactly the kind of, frame of mind that the, the, the fellow on this side has, while this one wouldn't have that mindset at all. But I think uh, the, the brutal force you need to, to bring from within, not necessarily to do what you just said, but just to, to make yourself keep moving, that, that is uh, a very important part. Uh, I have got a, a cheeky question with, a, with maybe a short answer. Uh, the reason why you have won so many times on knockout is not because you really gave it all so that you could end sooner or is it just like random? So what's the question? The question is like, did you go out really harder so you can knock out someone as soon as possible because you don't seem or sound like a point guy? So it, the intention was to get the job done as soon as possible. Yeah, I thought so. But you've also got to be mindful <laughs> to be able to go, to go the distance. So yeah. you can't go crazy and try and knock them out in the first round and exhaust yourself. Yeah, yeah. And again, let's go back to the mindset thing about how, how you two guys are very different. And it's okay to be different yes. because we're all different. Yeah. And we all, we're all going to follow our different paths and whichever path that you're on is okay. It, it's just going to be different. Yeah. So, so having the mindset and it's just following your heart and, and you're going to end up going different places. And that just to get that it's okay as you're on the journey, so not be too, not be too, too rigorous. And you've got to get somewhere because that might not be where you really want to go. You have to be mindful of that. And it's a, it's a journey. Just be mindful of the journey that you're taking. Yeah, and so, it'll be different, different for us all. Yeah, so listen to the, those really wise words. And still uh, on the theme of training, uh, round seven. Ivan, another training theme or question? Um, okay, another training. Uh, well, actually, I do have one. Um, I'm, I'm very interested in strength and conditioning since right now I'm training and I don't have, I'm not able to practice my sport specifically. So, like, what would you do in terms of strength and conditioning as, as a boxer, basically? What kind of stuff, like running, weights, what would you do? I used to like circuits. I do circuits. Yep. Then I like uh, calisthenics, body weight training. I would do that stuff. Like, you know, muscle-ups. Can you do a muscle-up? Yep. Yep. So doing muscle-ups, that... I can't, but they can. <laughs> <laughs> I would... 
I would do that kind of stuff. And um, but if you just say, for example, you're a boxer, you got to get good at boxing. But you yeah. have to do certain elements around your sport, which is going to be so you got to do sport specific stuff. And the yeah. strength and conditioning is, is is a very major part in it. Yeah. But ultimately, you've got to be excel at whatever your art is. If you're taekwondo, you've got to excel at that. Yeah. Or if it's boxing, you've got to master that. And the way to do that is to do lots of it. And then Good you need point. to support that with other elements of fitness, strength, conditioning to support the main the main factor is whatever your art is, whether it's Taekwondo, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. So, so before we close on the topic and theme of training, what has been one of the best advice you've got from a coach uh, or, or a fellow boxer? That's one top tip. There's a famous saying in boxing, you got to keep your hands up, you got to protect yourself at all times. Here's the thing. Here's the, here's the thing to really get. Don't get hit. <laughs> yeah. The smart thing, the smart thing, the smart thing to do, don't get hit. Boxing is all about hitting without being hit. Yeah. That's the art of it. If you can master that, you don't want to get hit. So just master the defense, forward motion, yeah, defending, head movement is avoid being hit. The best advice I could give you would be, yeah, just don't get hit. Yeah. I'll translate that to a business uh, question. Like always make sure to manage your cash flow. Don't fail with the cash flow. Always manage it. Uh, or again, you will lose in business. So yeah, very, very similar. And on that note, saved by the bell again for a quick rest. And my question is, I... I am potentially middle-aged. I have found it very hard to comprehend. Uh, I think I'm 25 still in mind. And I had a birthday the other day. So that leads on to a lot of the important work you do today. What do you do uh, in a work life? I think it very much relates to my statement about becoming middle-aged, maybe. What I do now, yeah. so I've got a corporate identity, but I've got a personal identity. So yes, I, go into, I go into the corporate world and I've got a program called how to get, how to get your team punching above their weight. Like it. So I've created a seven-step winning formula. So I speak at events, conferences. I've got workshops, masterclasses that I go and deliver internally in the workplace. So that's that. But then my other personal side of things is my mission in life is the transformation of the middle-aged man. You're my target market. And yep. you should be doing my next program, which starts on the 1st of April. Right. It's for, it's for a small group of guys, men only. And we work together. It's a training camp. It's a 12-week training camp based upon the contents of my book. So man up is... Yep. Not politically correct. It's not probably, especially <laughs> now, it's not the right title to use. But the reason I called it Man Up, because as I mentioned earlier, when I retired from boxing, I went through depression, divorce, bankruptcy. So I know what it's like to be down. Yeah. Hence the name Man Up. I had, I had to man up. And manning up is not what you think it is. It's not about being aggressive, domineering over parents. Not that at all. A true man has can be authentically, truly themselves and discover who they are. 
There's yep. lots of men who don't know who they are. We're conditioned and programmed to be a certain way or we think we should be a certain way. But no, let's have a look. And that's what I'm all about because here I am today. I'm happier, more fulfilled and satisfied than I've ever been ever. And yep. I'm, I'm, I'm living a 10 out of 10 existence, my life. I love myself, I love my life, and I love the future that I'm creating. So I work with groups, small groups of guys, up to six of us, and we work together for 12 weeks, and it's truly transformational. Yeah, the results that we're getting is mind-blowing because it's an opportunity for men to be in a space where they can share themselves. And I, and I lead the conversation and I give, give men an access to them true selves. And that's the joy of my life. And that's, that's what I'm doing. And that's what I've created. And then that's my, that's, that's what I'm all about is the transformation of the middle-aged man. That's, that's my mission in life because I know what it's like to suffer. I know what it's like as a man not to truly know who you are or what your future is. What's your purpose? What's the meaning of life? We kind of get stuck. We don't. So then it's unlocking and unleashing ourselves with integrity, yep. doing the right things, saying what you're showing up, keep showing up as the man that you want to be. And it's, and it's vital because we can, the transformation of the middle-aged man would be to have such an impact on the world. The world would be a different place. If I'd love, I'd love to have a conversation with you about the program because you're my, you're my perfect target market. <laughs> Forty-seven. You're kind of around that, and you're <laughs> successful. You've been successful. You're an extraordinary man, and you may not. You're kind of going through a bit of transition. You might, yeah, it's, it's those conversations. We yeah. should definitely have a conversation about that. And I'd, I'd love for you to join the program if you've got what it takes. Do you think you could go the distance, the full 12 rounds? Oh, yeah. We're going the distance. Now we've got the distance, the distance together. So the next question. Yeah. So perfect. Uh, I, I would like to say for lots of women in the same age, probably also face lots of existential questions like, what, what is the purpose of life? Do I live with the right partner or not? So I think this is a, a stage in life where you, you can be very comfortable or uncomfortable in your own skin, depending on what you say to yourself about your own situation. And yeah. it's all happening in your mind. Absolutely. Perception, brilliant. that's a great point you've made. It's, for, and it's so true. Perception equals reality. And, yeah. uh, and uh, I try, and I'm so, so, so excited to have two teenagers learning about this stuff at this stage yes. in life. I mean, it's unrealistic. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah. It's such a great conversation for teenagers to be involved in. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's, it's that, so it's transforming as we go along. So it's, it's great that you're present here for this conversation. Perfect. Yeah, because like I'm, sorry, I'm just, yeah. I'm like, Basically, the next four years of my life, I'm gonna like become an adult. So this is actually relevant to me as well. Yeah. Because well, yeah. Like, in yeah. two years, I don't feel like I'm gonna be an adult, but technically, I'll be that. And then yeah. like, you have the existential like difficulty of of um, feeling like a yeah. like a child in a man's what, what, body. What will you become when you get older? That's like even my yes. dad is considering yes. a question today, being retired. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and enjoy lovely. enjoy the journey, and it will change, and it will be different, and you'll make mistakes. It's all good. Yeah, love it. Yeah, 
And that uh, brings me to my next question, which is uh, how have you used your book, The Man Up book, in a business standpoint? So, yeah, so as I described, so that kind of goes back to what I, what I just mentioned about my training programs, the, the work that I do with people uh, is all just transformational. So it's leveraging my past experience as a boxer, yep. but also the last 18 years where I've been studying human beings because people fascinate me. Because And also for my own sanity, for my own, I had to go to work on myself to discover who I truly was. And so, and I love the subjects. I love the topic, transformation, personal development. It's like personal growth. I just love it. And that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm committed to my, that's my life is my commitment to that. Yeah. Yeah. Improving. So. Yes. And, and giving uh, it, it's also improving myself but giving it to others that's basically the name of our podcast investing in yourself yeah <laughs> that's that's what it's all about yeah. investing that's in why that's why i'm here yeah okay so uh, how can people get a copy of this book they can go to my website billyschwer.com you can get the first two chapters for free there so, and you can also buy the book. You'll get a signed copy of the book from there, or it's on Amazon also. But there's some um, there's some other stuffs. When you go to my website, there'll be if you go through the process, there'll be some other stuffs. I've got a book. I've got some interviews. There's an audio version of the book. So there's quite a few things in there. Perfect. And we do appreciate you sharing uh, extra stuff with our audience. We really appreciate that. And the link will be in the show notes. So don't worry about writing that down if you missed it. Yeah, and you talked about uh, investing in yourself. Our podcast name is called Invest in You. Uh, what does invest in you mean to you? The biggest investment that you can make is the investment to yourself. Yeah. I think Warren Buffett said something. Somebody, somebody said a great quote around those lines. Yeah, the biggest investment that you make is in yourself. And I've always invested in myself especially yeah as an athlete absolutely I, everything tried everything and then i've invested not only i've invested lots of time effort and lots of money into my own personal development yeah i've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds on trainings and development yeah and i'm never going to stop good personal development that's <laughs> the name of the game yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. This leads me into my next question, which is what has been your favorite office to work at? An office can be anywhere from it can be working on your laptop. That can be an office or being in a boxing ring uh, in yes. some other country. What has been your favorite office to work from or work at? So on. So, yes. So entering entering into my office, the boxing ring, that was kind of my domain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, yeah. So there's been there's been lots of venues that I've stepped up into the ring in Las Vegas. Yeah, it was called, in, in arenas, the Royal Albert Hall in London. That was one of my favourite venues. That that's that was my office. That's where I went to work. Love it. <laughs> I, I I'm I've got a laptop kind of life right now. Yeah, I can work. I can work anywhere, and with with technology these days, it's it's so much easier to 
to be able to conduct a business. My business is all about communication, talking. So we do it like this on video, on the yep. phone. So the office, the office is I'm I'm very big into freedom. I want to be free. I don't want to be tied down mm. to anywhere for too long. So I like to roam around and just be at home and just go where I need to go. Yeah, that's actually one of my highest values as well, like the mm. value of freedom, freedom of yeah. choice, uh, which is uh, yeah. complicated uh, as well. I'm so pleased you had that favorite office. We will absolutely recite you in, in yeah. the future. For sure. Imagine that. Yeah, so um, yeah but I was just going to say that you're exactly like my dad because that's like <laughs> his number one priority, <laughs> except for us. Um, of course. There, there, there was something more. Oh my God, I forgot. We were talking about favorite office. Whatever. I, I might come up with it later. That's all right. Okay. No problem. Okay. So the next one is we've now reached round 11. You're almost there. Hang in there, Billy. Don't give up. And for the listeners, the same thing. Have uh, you found new ways? You kind of indicated that communication is really important to so. yourself. What, how do you do business differently during the COVID times? We're both speakers, you should be on stages. What do you do instead? Coaching. Love so it. why did I pivoted? So I had my book written before lo- the first lockdown a year ago. So I, I turned the book into a coaching program. And that's what I did because obviously there's no public speaking, only online stuff. So that's what I did. So I'm now, I'm, full-time coach yeah and i like and one reason why it shows to have 12 rounds with you is one of your latest programs is actually 12 round billy share experience what is that all yes. about so that's the, that's the program that i mentioned earlier which you should be on the next one april the first i want you on there it's 12 weeks a 12 week training camp where we go through 12 rounds and we dismantle, take ourselves to pieces to discover and really get connected to what it is that we're doing and what we want for the future and just unravel ourselves a little bit. Sounds like something I should have done 25 years ago. Yes. Shouldn't we all? Yes. <laughs> that should have been that sound there again. <laughs> Ivan. Okay. So uh, 12th round. How, how can people who feel knocked out by this podcast find out more about you? I'm available on most social media platforms. I'm, I'm not big into social media, but I'm on LinkedIn. I, I use LinkedIn most of the time. I'm on Instagram, but I'm on Facebook. So you can you can search me, my website. I'm I'm around. You can't you can't miss me. If you want to get hold of me, you can get me. No, we've even found you on Wikipedia. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> the, the advantage of being a world champion is yeah. uh, people uh, will find out stuff about you. Yeah, if you've got a Wikipedia page, <laughs> that's like, well done. You succeeded. You, you did it. Okay, okay. Okay, so you, the listener, have now successfully survived 12 rounds with Billy Schwer. Well done. Not many people have done that. <laughs> 30 people have been knocked out and failed. <laughs> so uh, it's been... Uh, my pleasure to have you on this podcast and um, you can find the probably an edited video version of the video version of this on my personal YouTube channel with uh, a few fighting clips, perhaps. Yep. Um, <laughs> so my YouTube name for anyone interested is Ivan Sandal Fitness. And uh, thank you, Billy, for being on the podcast. It has been really amazing to have you. 
Anna Kajas concur. Any last words for the audience uh, of the world? I just wish you everything that you want. May you just go and enjoy the journey. Win or lose, you choose. You have to continuously choose the future that you're creating, moment by moment, because that's all we've got. We've got to design, create, live into that future. Have the belief in yourself. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. You might have some ups and the downs, but just follow your heart. Keep driving towards what it is that you want and feel good. Enjoy life and feel good. Nothing to add to that. That's All it. Right. Goodbye. <laughs>